Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. The Brighter Side is brought to you by Audible.com. Go to audibletrial.com slash brighter side for your free trial. Precious little boy. His eyes are so big. All right, we're going to have to take that baby away from you now. No, please, but I love it now. I don't want to give it up. Listen, this is North Korea. We're going to take the baby, and we're going to send it to another place where it's much happier. You continue to frown and have more babies, and we'll go on from there. Uh, 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 Mommy, bye-bye. Welcome to the brighter side, everybody. <laughs> God, I feel bad for doing that. Dude, where did you learn how to cry like a baby like that? We've that been doing this real. show for over a year. You've never done that before. I know. So, so, I started lactating. That was so real. <laughs> Sometimes something comes from your heart, and it's just the truth. What other noises do you do? I don't know. I haven't really thought about Work it. Work on it. That's pretty good. You could be a weird owl. Oh, yeah. I could be like that guy from Police Academy. Michael mm. Winslow. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. I love him. He's got a terrible album on Netflix. Uh, we're talking about family <laughs> issues. What kind of family we were raised in? What 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 kind of family? <laughs> <laughs> that was Cena John, as always. Yeah, Amber Nelson's here. Eddie Tunes, good to see you. Hey, Sam. Hey, guys. Hey, y'all. And we have two wonderful, beautiful young men sitting in with us. We have a, and I'll give you a brief backstory. Joel Kim Booster. Hello. He is an Asian man adopted by. Christian parents and the United States never met or seen his biological family. No, never. And we've got Casey James Salengo. It's not the game show. <laughs> right. Nice to meet you. Good to Casey see you, James Salengo. Glad to be here. His mother had a lot of stepdads. What? A lot of daddy issues. And as always on the brighter side, we try to take really dark topics and find the brighter side. And what's darker than family? Oh, so deep and dark. Both of you got three names. Yeah. True. It's usually, uh, technically, who, I have four though. You have four. What's the fourth? Well, because Kim Booster is my last name. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. two last names. Oh, yeah. so what's your whole name? Joel Alexander Kim Booster. Wow. Oh, yeah. so Kim Booster is a Korean name. Kim 
is the Korean part of my name. Oh, okay. Booster, because my family, yeah, they, cause, so my Korean name is uh, Junmin Kim, or Kim Junmin, rather. Kim uh, Junmin? Yeah, yeah. Because in Jun-min. Korea, they put the first, the last names first. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. And they also skin cats. Yep. So much going on in Korea. Um, so tell us about like uh, what sound like a lot when you just bring it up like that. (laughs) 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 Tell us about the first time you looked around and you're like, wait a minute. Um, you know, I there's it probably happened earlier, but I I remember the first memory uh, of really realizing I was different than the rest of my family because I was homeschooled for until I was 17 or 16. So like I didn't, so early in the year, like early, I didn't have like a lot of exposure outside of my own family. Uh, But I remember we went to Alabama for a family reunion when I was like six or seven. And when I met a lot of the Alabama part of my family, that's when I got like some questions from like cousins and like a lot of like weirdness from that part of the family. Not like, not like, racism or like ostracism but they would just be like so do you know how to speak another language and i'd be like why would you think that that's crazy <laughs> so you really had um, sort of no idea until people like approached you yeah, with it yeah wow i mean my parents they did do all the like it was like a concept though. adoption was like just a concept because like they'd be like you know you um you were adopted and we had like all these books that they would read to me that like you know i have to like the like sort of like and poems and like poetry to try to like conceptualize it for a, a little boy but like i was like yeah so when i'm adopted like that doesn't really mean much when you don't really understand you know what yeah you can't contextualize yeah you can't it. contextualize it so i was just like cool 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 i've got this like thing attached like i'm adopted that's cool um i'm also the baby of the family so like so for me that was like another thing you know like becky's the big sister sam is the like the middle ch- my big brother and then i'm adopted you know like it just felt like another like sort of thing that people said and it didn't really like connect for me until i was a little older like colorblind yeah (laughs) how we all want to be yes you were originally how i was post-racial how did your parents uh find you like what was how old were you when you came over okay i i talk a little bit about this on stage so i'm gonna try not to just like use my jokes but like i've I've done and it's actually it's (laughs) because it's becoming like a big much bigger thing that's being talked about but like after the Korean War, it was just super easy for you to adopt from Korea. And part of this was, especially in the mid 80s, is because the the laws were so lax that like it was one of the only countries where you didn't have to go there to pick up your baby. They would send the baby to you. FedEx? So, yeah, just fe- just FedEx right over. Uh, and so like it was. Post so that's why. The case. Yeah, yeah. And it's not and it's no longer the case anymore. You don't. So no holes. Yeah, no <laughs> holes. No holes. <laughs> Lots of, of upset yeah. parents. <laughs> and customs. Oh, I got my baby and it just didn't work. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> Sorry, if it's been opened, we can't take it back. Um, <laughs> now, Casey, how old were you when your dad left? Uh, my parents. <laughs> <laughs> Amber, wait a minute. Wait, it's the question. You got to jump right Amber, in. Amber, get a little bit of both. You know what I mean? When is, <laughs> when is your daytime talk show going to come out? <laughs> <laughs> when are you just going to be quelling the emotions of like older mothers? That yeah, 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 yeah. That's nice. When's your dad yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, you shut up. Your dad fingered you. Talk about. It. 
they, my parents divorced when I was in utero. Oh my god! So I never had a daddy. You never no, met he's him? around. What's that? You never met him? No, no, I know him. I've got a good relationship with him. He just what happened was uh, he was bipolar, and I guess like his family never acknowledged it. Ah. So uh, when she, my mom was pregnant with me one time, he got arrested for a DUI. And uh, he got out, and he's like, where the fuck's my car? And they're like, oh, you got to go to the impound lot and get it. So he's like, all right. So he went, and he ripped some other guy out of his car and stole that car to go to get his car. Uh, and then he got his car to the impound lot. By the this, time is he, like a, this is like Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, his <laughs> life is like Grand Theft Auto. Uh, he, by the time he got back to my house, where my mom was with my brother and sister, uh, he had like a line of police cars following him. And uh, he just went inside. I guess he just stood by a big bay window and like took his shirt off and tied a camouflage bandana on his head and was just like st- holding big knives and staring out the window. Wow. And my mom's like, we should probably get out of here because uh, it was a little crazy. But then he went to the doctor and he's fine now. But they got a divorce because he went to jail. Yeah, yeah, well, that'll do it. That's do a, it. That is a, a divorcing situation. Yeah, that'll happen. That seems like a deal breaker. Yeah, so did he realize... Seems kind of fun, though, like if you're playing games with him as a kid. Oh, he, well, I only saw him one time. <laughs> so creative. <laughs> <laughs> Let's paint on the walls today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I only saw him off his like meds one time, and it was great. He dropped me off at the mall and gave me like $300. And what? Just buy like tons of like lightsabers and shit. It was great. He's like, I'm going to go. Uh, I got to go for a while. And then he dropped me off, and then he'd be back a few hours later. And he'd always get me, like, weird gifts. I was just telling him, like, this is a, like, if he wasn't on his medicine, he'd give me, like, a card with money on it. If he was on his medicine, he'd give me, like, a card with money in it. And then if he was off his medicine, he'd give me, like, a jug of fool's gold and uh, a 3D puzzle. (laughs) So it was a little weird. Uh, But he's great. He's a great guy. Uh, Yeah, they just got divorced when I was in a belly. Now, did he realize he was bipolar and he was just, like, rolling with it? or, Or was he just, like, completely unaware of what was happening to him when he was, like, losing it? Well, I think he didn't really realize it. My mom realized it, but his family was very, like, didn't want to admit that they, he had a problem. Right. Because uh, so, these episodes happened a few times when he was younger. Uh, so she finally pushed him. And I think finally went to jail this time. They evaluated him and figured it all out. Mm. Yeah. Man. Now, Joel, your family's super Christian. How do they feel about you being a gay boy? Uh, they did not love it. <laughs> they did not love it. But, you know, it's funny. Is also my so I have two siblings, a brother and a sister, and they're biological to my family. And my mm-hmm. older brother is also gay, so oh. they really they rolled the dice. They got one off the rack, and they ordered one. You know, <laughs> and, uh, came up, you know, both gay. You know, that's great. Both gay yeah. I thought we checked that box. Yeah. No, gay <laughs> no gay baby. No gay baby. <laughs> no gay babies. No, they did not love it. My, I mean, yeah. So I moved out when I was uh, seventeen, and I didn't talk to them again until I was in college, and then. Uh, and then my brother came out like just like a couple of years ago. So I already, I like really smoothed things over. Oh, so you made it easier really, for him. Yeah, I was a trailblazer. How's so. your relationship with him? Uh, not great. Because here's the thing. Also, I don't actually think I blazed any trails for him because the reason I think it's easier for them now is like my brother's still super conservative. Like he loves Sarah Palin and fracking and oh, like, um, no. <laughs> uh, and the Bible and Rush Limbaugh and all the things that my parents love too, you know? So it is like, yeah. it's just like the one thing. Whereas me, like, it was really hard for my parents. Not only was I, like, gay and, like, they found my journal 
where I had listed off, like there were entries that were just lists of like, guys, dicks I've sucked this week. You know, it was more like a BuzzFeed article. <laughs> and so, uh, and so like, and they were just like, oh my God, he's out of control. I was like, you know, the year they sent me to public school. Was it within, true or are you just making believe? Oh no, I was sucking tons of dicks in high school. What? Uh, cool. But With yeah, MySpace, boys? yeah. Um, were they all other gay boys? Yeah. At your school or around no, town? No, no, no. I met them off MySpace. They were in the area, the Chicagoland area. Oh, okay. Wow. Different suburbs. What an enterprising like young gay man you yeah, were. Yeah, that's no, where we so had to go to I find I never it. had that kind of drive. Got to go two towns over. But <laughs> Come on over, sweetie. Ride the toboggan. <laughs> but like in the, in the same like month that they sent me to public school, I came out of the closet, tried weed, and drank for the first time, like all in the same Big month. month. Yeah, it's uh, a good month. So literally all of their fear, like everything they had always been saying for years about public school was absolutely correct. It's because they, um, they hindered you, they took you away from it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If they wouldn't have been like as insane, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been as insane as soon as I had any freedom at all. Like I bought a car without telling them. Uh, and hid it from them down the street for like the first like two weeks until I finally got caught driving it. Like my dad and I left at the same time. And he, I remember his look on his face when he saw me driving to school as he was driving to work in this car. Um, <laughs> yeah. Where'd you get the money for the car? I mean, I, I I'd had a job since I was like fourteen. No uh, shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I had saved get one up until I was sixteen. Yeah. Well, I worked at the library. Oh, yeah. okay. So got. Getting like five twenty-five an hour, but you're more Republican than your brother. Exactly, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, and it was a stick shift too, which I did not know how to drive. I had that was a real rough week of owning a car. Oh, you got to put first. your asshole in it first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you drive it. Uh, Casey, now would you? Have is that a, a fact, Amber? It is. It's, you can read it in the Guinness Book, um, the Good Book, the Guinness Book. <laughs> Guinness, I was gonna say the, only book the Book of Truth. <laughs> God damn it! No, these goddamn lies. <laughs> Now, Casey, what's your relationship like with women? Because you were raised by a mother with a lot of different men coming in your life. So what is your, like, what is your girlfriend, lover Mm -hmm. relationship? Mm -hmm. Great question. Not great. Uh, No, I've had ups and downs. I had a lot of, I was in long-term relationships for like 10 years. My whole dating life from like 17 to 27, I was in a relationship, two different women for five years apiece. And, uh. Oh, so it's great. It was, well, no, it wasn't great. Because I allowed, like, I, you know, uh, I'm kind of terrified of women. I don't know if you guys, like, I had a very, my mom was very screamy. And then my yeah. stepmom that my dad had was a very screamy lady, too. And then both the ladies I dated were very screamy ladies. So it's just a long history of me getting dominated by angry, small women. Um, See, my mom was a screamy lady, so like, I just won't date a screamy lady. Yeah, I'm the same way. Anyone who screams, like, I just am never going to talk to you again. That's great. I'm I'm to that point now. Now I'm, like, out there dating. It's going all right. I don't know. It's kind of weird. And, uh... I don't know. It's it's going okay. And now it's hard to commit since I've been with these screamy screamy ladies. And now any now you're hint, just waiting for it. I'm just waiting. Any hint of like anger, I'm out the door, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. A, a hint, even just a little bit. A little bit. If I have like, if I if I have gone on less than three dates with a woman and she like texts like, mm, took a little while to answer. I'm, like, I'm out. I'm out of here. I can't take it. I can't take it anymore. Wow. I agree completely. Would so, you say you're more attractive to these women in the beginning because that's all you knew? I think so. I think maybe I'm starting to get over that. But yeah, I'm definitely more attracted to abusive women. I remember dating yeah. a girl. <laughs> Hot I, as fuck. I remember dating a girl and she would we would fight constantly. She would always yell at me for different things. And mm-hmm. I, I asked her, I was like, why? Why are you so angry? Why are you yelling at me? That she's like, relationships take work, mm-hmm. and I was like, this is I don't I don't this is not the work I thought. 
Yeah, yeah. we're not building a pyramid. Here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's tough. It's tough. I had one girlfriend. I remember one night we were drunk in the street, and she was across the street throwing glass bottles at me. And I remember being like, "This is probably." Not good. It's marriage uh, material here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I was with her for another like two years after that. So <laughs> <laughs> I had a friend named Jerry Dickey. He yeah. got stabbed by his girlfriend, had to miss work a bunch. And then we're like, yo, Jerry, man, you're back with her? And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, she's nice. <laughs> like, she stabbed you, man. Where'd she stab him? In the side. Ooh, that's a bad place. To get you can look him up on Facebook, message him, ask him. I don't think <laughs> get he out. Well, you might. It's mm. a deal breaker. I love Jerry. Sure sounds great. So, Joel, what was your relationship like with men when you were starting out? Like you said, you met them on MySpace, but you were obviously like hiding stuff from your yeah. parents. Well, no, I should I should clarify. I wasn't meeting with like older men. I was just other gay teens in the oh, area. I was I never sexy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, perverts! You want to find gay teens? Get on MySpace. Um, Are they still there? Yeah, they're still there. Probably waiting, Ooh. waiting for you to message them, perverts. Um, <laughs> but no, it was. It's it's been. It's weird, I think. I think because so I start my first boyfriend was also like the first boy I ever kissed, oh. first dick I'd ever sucked, like all all of that. And we dated for maybe nine days before I was like, whoa, wait, wait, there's so many dicks out there. Yeah. We're so young. I got to get out there and try all the dicks. Um, and so I so that was sort of the mentality for a long, long time until I don't think I dated anybody until college uh, again. And like when I was like. And then we broke up when I was 20, and I haven't dated anybody since. Uh, it's good to be single. Yeah, well, yeah. It's it's a little lonely. Like, now I'm, like, not over sex, but I'm, like, tried a lot of dicks, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Ready for me? You just got to get your regular one good pieces, dick, man. Yeah, you know? what is your yeah. favorite kind of dick? Oh, uh, you know, actually... Uh, Sort of counterintuitively, not like a huge one. You I know? mean, you know, well, different strokes. Just like, just like one that fits in my hand. Oh, uh, like a nice you, one. You know, hold it in, in the got... palm of my hand, and and just like. How big's your hand? Let's put your hand up. No, there. I have small hands. Come on, oh. I got small. Hands. No, I have little doll hands. You got little doll hands. <laughs> I've got little doll hands. So little doll hands. He doesn't want to put his <laughs> hand yeah. up next to because there's little doll hands. Uh, I got small that. hands too for a big man. Ah. Yeah. Tiny hands yeah, for a big guy. Little, look at those short. Oh man, oh, Casey's got some big, big hands. Get a look. It's big hands, big hands. You got a big cool. boxer's hands, huh? Boxer's hands. Oh yes. What yes. kind of dick do you like, Amber? You know, I like. Uh, um, I would say in my twenties, I wanted big dick. I wanted big dick, big cum, little personality. Big cum. Yeah, big cum. Actually, big blocker. Big cum is nice. Big cum is nice because dudes that make you cum. They don't have Oh, to big work. come for you. Big come for me. Oh, oh I thought you meant they had big I was talking about volume. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, also, they had big come too, because, of course, there's lots of come everywhere. But um, <laughs> One big, big sperm. Yeah, yeah. Frank Thomas' nickname. <laughs> but, like, dudes with big dicks that are good in bed, they don't have to work on their personality, because they can make a woman come. Why should they learn math? Sure. You know? Sure. Why Got should it. they learn how to be good at a, another skill? Mm-hmm. And they also kind of smell weird. Um, <laughs> so then I just sort of learned how to go with, like, nicer guys, you know. And nicer guys shouldn't have smaller penises. But I would rather, like, have a conversation with you and not come I as see, much. I find, uh, I don't know, I find guys who, like, were shat upon for a long, long time are better in bed because they've always had to work. They're always a little more thankful yeah. you know, mm. to even be there, to be invited at all, you know? You got to show up, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You so go you show know. up, you know? Because I find big penises to be very lazy. They let the big penis do all the work, you yeah. know? And then it's like, what am I even doing they here? They just lay there like, all right. See, now I like uh, big balls and uncut. That's... Uncut? Un- it's like that? a little magic show. Right. What is that well, mean? I have an uncut penis. Really? Uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. circumcision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you, you thought it was pubic hair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, up, up the middle a like a hot dog. I do a lot of yeah. cutting down there myself, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah. Wipe the balls. Uh, I got big avocado pit balls, you know? Like, that's... <laughs> That's just what I like, you know. Cool. You you yeah. like why why boobs, you know? Yeah, yeah, I know. This is why. I, yeah, I don't know. Do you prefer That's big great. balls, Amber? Sam, do you like big balls? No, big balls. Yeah, no, no, no preference. I think it's really about like maybe not big. Maybe the girth of it's better mm. than the length. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like the girth. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> let's move on. Well, why, uh, do, why? I'm curious. I got big balls. Why? Why are big balls better? Because this is this is a new revelation for me. I was uh, someone who's always just like. Kind of shied away from big balls. The first, you know, positive energy. It's like full of spiders. Spiders or something. (laughs) I think, well, it's it's partly aesthetic, but also partly because, like, there's a lot to do with balls that, you know, it's it's just more fun when they're bigger. Is is there something of Mm. virility uh, with big balls, maybe? Yeah, Mm. like, I don't know. Like, big, like, pit bull balls. Like, ah, he's a real man. He's got a big old sack on him. Yeah. Yeah. Big sack? What if they were big? What about a real I like, tight yeah. sack? Uh, I can't say I love that. You okay. know? Mm. No. But. Good. Casey, would you ever want to have children? Uh, <laughs> I've thought about this a lot. <laughs> I want kids with big balls and a tight sack. <laughs> <laughs> and a real tight sack. Wow. Yeah. Which is I've, like father stuff, you know? Because mm, your dad left, you know? I've thought about this because I didn't... Uh, this is really weird. I had a long, drunken night of dog sitting that made me think I want children. You were drunk just sitting a dog? I was drunk dog? sitting a dog, and it made me think I want kids. Uh, You're just yelling at dogs a bunch. Like, I can do I this take, for humans. I can do this for humans. I was trying to <laughs> breastfeed them. Uh, no, we... Um, I well I don't I got test I had like a pituitary gland problem when I was a, when I was a kid so I got my cum tested and they said and they said I've got lazy cum <laughs> good for you lazy you sperm lazy thank you cum. yeah yeah it's very sleepy cum so it's uh, they said it's gonna be hard for me to have kids which I was fine with I was like I don't really want to take care of a kid but then I was I was taking care of this dog over Fourth of July weekend and he's just a puppy he's just a little boy and uh, it felt good you know I kind of feel like men are like just boats full of cum just floating around the ocean with no purpose and you need an anchor this is what i realized maybe it's just me you need an anchor you need something to be beholden to and the fact that i was out partying all weekend but i was worried about this dog and i knew i had to take care of him and the fact that it's something to worry about made me feel so much better about my life really and yeah so, so i was I, like yeah. i can say too i saw casey with the dog and he seemed real annoyed he took it to a party and he hated it so i yeah. think you're well on your way to being yeah i hate it casey. I took like the dog you were just so like just angry that the dog had to be there at all and what kind of dog oh uh, so cute he was cute he's some kind of mix mutt i don't know he was he's a real like, asshole he's like a little mini chocolate lab yeah oh. he jumped on the table and started licking hamburgers immediately and then he got in a dog fight i've got a cigarette <laughs> a cigar i was smoking a cigar and i had to break up a dog fight and i've got a burn on my it's finger which is the coolest man it's the like coolest Michael fucking wound ever. <laughs> <laughs> so and then i took him to a rooftop party and everyone as soon as i got him up everyone's like oh puppy and he diarrhea all over the roof oh. first thing <laughs> sorry i keep hitting your mic uh so there's a lot of diarrhea cleaning, and but I feel like I could be a dad now. So yes, I feel like eventually I do want children. Eventually, but not now. No, no, yeah. not now. I'm just a big. We gotta piece wake of shit. up those cum. Yeah, yeah, we gotta be like, come on, boys. If yeah, go, go. Come on, boys. Don't hit him. Yeah. You just gotta shout at him. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> First lesson of being a dad, too. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. How you ah. take care of your cum is how you're gonna take care of your oh, kids. Hey, wake up, <laughs> Casey. What would you do differently, given how you were raised and how your family situation was? How would you be a different kind of dad? Hmm. I think. Well, my dad was. My dad was fine. He's a good. He's a good dad. He's just you know wasn't there. We saw him like once every two, three weeks. 
Uh, and he is good. He's just kind of, you know, if you've seen someone that often, you're not really in their life too much. He's not really like he had to give me advice last week. He wanted to, and he's so uncomfortable. He never. He's like, uh, because me and my sister were talking a bunch about how we've got we don't we've never had any positive relationship models or whatever that. So he keeps just fucking up relationships left and right. And I guess she was talking to my dad about that, and he's like, uh, well, your sister was saying that you're uh, having trouble. With women, uh, he's like, "Well, just write your ex girlfriend a letter and uh, get some coffee with her." I was like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> I was like, "Don't give me advice," you know. So I think I just try to be involved much more. Uh, I think I'd probably quit drinking and smoking weed as soon as I have kids. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's a. I but you'd still smoke issue. those cigars, though. Yeah, yeah. Only when I get in fights. Uh, <laughs> only when I'm breaking up dog yeah. fights. Joel, would you ever adopt a child? Or impregnate a straight woman? That's really hard uh, question because I have a lot of mixed feelings about adoption in general. Uh, now I, I'm not. There are I know I've connected now as an adult with a lot of like uh, adoptees, uh, and there's a lot of people I know who are just like like black and white, like 100 percent against adoption and just in general. Really? Uh, and there's a lot of advocates. There are a lot of Korean adoptees from the generation that I was adopted from Korea that have moved who have totally like rejected their american identities and moved back to south korea there's like a whole actual like in seoul there's an apartment complex where like three floors are just taken up by american expats who have just moved back to korea um which uh it's really interesting because the women are especially having the hardest time because korea is still like a very patriarchal as 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 western as south korea is it's still a very shitty place to be a woman and so it's harder for them to be like totally embracing of, of everything over there but yeah so it's hard for me I have a lot of conflicted emotions about adoption especially transracial adoption mm-hmm. um, adopting outside of your race and it's too complicated to go into on a comedy podcast I think my parents did an excellent job go all things it. considered yeah, but no. I just think there it has you have to be really careful and I think it is a very difficult thing and hearing growing up like people tell my mom like oh you're so brave you're so brave to do this for this kid you know and it's like and that's an experience that I think a lot of adoptees have and it's so it puts this like weird victim like yeah like it just puts this weird like sort of emotion around your experiences being adopted and I know a lot of parents who are really annoyed by that like they're like I'm not a fucking hero like this is not like anything and I know a lot of parents who are who are like yeah I know you know it takes a lot of strength uh, inner strength to do that and so it puts a lot of pressure on kids in a way that I I don't think biological kids have and again my parents did a, a pretty good job with this in terms of walking me through like I remember one conversation. They didn't stress it, but they were like, you will be treated differently than Becky and Sam uh, because you're different in this way. And I, a lot of, but a lot of, but then again, a lot of, you know, Korean kids that I know who are adopted didn't have that conversation. And their parents tried to be like, so like, we're all the same, no matter what our race is, which is like, that's not the world we live in. Like, yeah. Yeah. it's fine to like, if you, in your family, that's how you want to play it. But like, we're not going to zip up our, jam- our gray jumpsuits. Here. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Unfortunately, that's just like, until the, the rest of the world, you know, adopts that sort of, you know, so it's, it's hard, you know, but then again, I'm gay. So I don't really have a lot of other options. If I want to have kids, I, you know, I don't know if I do or not, but it's all crazy. It's all, there's so many, there's so many complicated things. I just think, I actually think there are too many kids. I think we should oh, all absolutely. stop having kids, actually. Oh, I, mean, I think yeah. we should all, you know, as, as part of me is like no adoption. Uh, another part of me is like only adoption. You know what? We take the kids that close, you know, everything's done. Stores closed. Get out. Closing time. I yeah. wish. That's so, it's, you know, that's very, uh, you know, 
very uh, Mussolini of you. But. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I ran the world. <laughs> no, I agree. That's why I felt bad when I was thinking about the reason why I decided I wanted children. I was like, this is so, this is uh, selfish. The reason mm-hmm. I wanted yeah. a kid is so that I feel better about my life. And I was like, that's such a shitty reason to bring a human into the world. Although but then again, so why does anybody? That's what I'm saying. Most people do it for completely. It is a weird biological urge yeah. Yeah, that yeah. we have. I I don't know. I, I feel like I, there was a lesbian couple that wanted me to donate my my. Sperm to them. Nice. What? Yeah. Um, and I've I've still considered it. And Does I, your sperm have hair on it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's hard to get out. It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> my, my sperm is not lazy. It's just sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> but I I I was thinking about it. I you know as I go more into my career, I'm like ah kids. I see how my parents raised me, and they were just like they did nothing else but raise me. That was it. And I'm like I wish they had more of a life growing up. And yeah. I was like, what if I become a parent and I just turn into them? I was like, there goes anything fun I'm going to do in my life. I'm just going to have this kid I got to worry about. I once had someone told me one of the fun one of the one of my favorite pieces of advice was I don't even know if it's advice, but all smart people don't have kids. You know, mm. it's, it's like anyone smart enough to have kids and be a good parent isn't going to have one. But I'll tell you what. The middle of the country, those red states, the evangelicals, they are pumping up their yeah. baby numbers. Fucking That's true. That whole, so what are we the, supposed the whole to do? full movement. We're going to yeah. it out. Full of families like Adopt the more little Asian girls to come over here. They were going to kill anyway. much harder now. Oh, really? Oh, it is wow. much harder. My cousin Shanna has two adopted uh, girls from China. Well, the the general consensus of like uh, activists in Korea is like we should be uh, making it easier for access to contraception and abortion and mm-hmm. just like sex ed in general rather than just like being like yeah have kids we'll just ship them off somewhere else you know uh, <laughs> yeah man good <laughs> ship yeah. American well, and there's also out? there's also like yeah. a big taboo about raising other other kids in Korea like there's not a lot of within Korea like nobody's Adopting a Jamaican baby in Korea? Well, no, nobody's adopting Korean babies in Korea. Really? No. Nobody wants to adopt kids in general. There's such a weird, there's so many weird taboos about, and that's the thing, like, I, that's why I've never been super curious about my biological family, I think, in part, because, like, it's it's probably nothing dramatic. It's probably, like, they either had two kids already, or she was single, or what have you. I mean, the only reason now as an adult I'm slightly curious is every time I go into the doctor and they think something's wrong with me, they're like, well, do you have a family history of lymphoma? And I'm like, oh, Fuck. shit. <laughs> I don't know! <laughs> <laughs> but my, the, the adoption agency they, they purchased me from, they got me from, is now defunct because that was the other problem with a lot of adoptions How in much the did 80s. you cost? Oh, like so much, uh, so much money. You know, really? I was a real Do you designer. Know? No, I don't think. I don't think. How there much was, is a baby, Sam? Yeah. Can you look that up? I don't think there. I don't think. I don't <laughs> think I was actually purchased. But there were so many like shady ass adoption agencies running in the eighties, yeah. uh, and like a lot of women in Korea being sort of coerced into giving up their children and stuff like that. And that's what? why. That's why they. You know, in the, in the last two decades, they've made a lot of changes to the way. It's not so easy to get a baby from Korea anymore. And my adoption agency was apparently sort of not great either, and they've shuttered. So I don't even know where I'd begin to look. And, and my last name is Kim, so, you know. Everybody's a Kim. Yeah, everybody's yeah. a fucking Kim. That's a there. fucked up yellow pages. Yeah. <laughs> Holy fuck. Speaking of genealogy or, like, genetics, uh, Casey, are you worried that you might have inherited some of your father's mental illness? Well, yeah, a little bit sometimes. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Forty thousand dollars, by the way. Forty thousand dollars. Forty thousand dollars is uh, the average cost of an independent yes. adoption what a day. What about like a, a smart baby? I was probably way cheaper. One. Maybe twenty thousand. So? Yeah. 14, back in the eighty. Fourteen. Bucks. Back in the eighty. Like a Kia. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'd say, I'd, well, I mean, you're priceless, but I'd say 15,000 <laughs> in the 80s, 15,000. Yeah. Man. Wow. No. What's the most, so. uh, I wonder if there's a chart for what's the more expensive, like where the most expensive babies come from and where the cheapest come Probably from. Probably from a white country. France. I bet the babies from France are expensive. Yep, French babies. Mm. Well, if you're, their wine's so expensive. Do we? Do we? Are we okay with being able to purchase a child? Well, we're, we're that's also, how much. What, what's, if the kid's but, gonna die, I'll buy it. <laughs> 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 what if it was like on the fence? What do you mean on the fence? Like yeah. gonna die? Maybe not die? Yeah, yeah on a little. I'll still fence. buy it. Yeah, yeah. Amber's, probably die. Amber's rescue only. <laughs> rescue, rescue only. only. Yeah, I feel like people should be paying you to take children. Me? Anybody. I would just admit, what I in my life I want to make a lot of money because I want to adopt because I love children. I don't want to necessarily have them, but I want to adopt a lot of children and just sort of have enough like money to to give them like piano lessons or art lessons or whatever they want, you know, and just also still be able to pursue a career so I have to have people to take care of, you know. It, it's a whole lot of thing. I don't think that's ever going to happen because I'm so poor shit. So you want to start a little mini orphanage? I do. Yeah, who are like famous comedians that have kids that aren't like Cosby level? Oh, well, <laughs> why yeah. They, it, they, none of them have kids. That's yeah. why I have to wait till I'm like Joan Rivers. Gaffigan has kids. Rosie CK has kids. Yeah. Rosie adopted a bunch of kids. Janelle James, we love her. She's got a kid. Oh, that's true. That is true. I guess there are comedians who aren't talking. It it can't be any time in the next 10 years. It's got to be like in my 40s, 50s. You got to snag one up, and they got to be a little older too, six or seven. You know, start knocking off those years on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Apparently, my mom told me that she had adopted a little girl before me. She just mentioned that in bystand, like bypassing. What? She gave her back? When I was a teenager. When I was a teenager, she mentioned this to me. She's like, I wanted a little girl so bad. Um,. I adopted a little girl. Uh, she was about uh, 14 years old. And I said, uh, the big rule in my house is just don't steal anything. And the girl stole stuff. She immediately started stealing. And I said, okay, you go on back. And she took her back to the adoption agency. Damn. That's wow. crazy. She was like, that's my rule. Just don't steal any of my stuff. You know, and she was, she's like a loving, great mother. You know, But the kid just started stealing stuff and pawning it. I think just out of like I don't know, but she was like well, well fed, well dressed. That's yeah. there's a lot of emotional issues that come with adopting an older kid. Yeah, it's yeah. just I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm sure she was thrown around orphanage her whole life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Half- fourteen too. It's so so developed. Yeah, so developed, so, so sexy. It <laughs> 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 did come out weird, didn't it? Oh boy, I feel like Jared from Subway. Yeah. Um, yeah. My brother, he didn't do anything. He didn't do it. Uh, let's let the the rule of law <laughs> and the court. I wanted now. him to be like a horrible person. Trust no. me. I already, Jared. They already found yeah. out he didn't do it? I don't know. No, was, it doesn't seem like it. They didn't put him in cups immediately. They just like guided him to a truck and they were like, hey man, we're going to go through all your stuff But it's people in the company involved. There's like a mm. whole pedophile ring involved in Subway, in Subway. sandwiches, which is weird. What? But, yeah. what is this? Jared also looks like an idiot, so it seems like he'd be like, I didn't know. And the cops would be like, yeah, you look like a fucking idiot. <laughs> <Yeah. We're laughs> right. What was his manager got caught with? Uh... And someone from his foundation, I Thought was the yeah, big and then one. he fired him, and so of course they searched his house. Yeah, 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 they searched his house. But I love it that everyone's just saying he did it immediately. Oh, of course, he looks like yeah, he, he like definitely. Looks internet's like he a beautiful was. place. He was Subway fire him. No, they suspended their relationship. 
<laughs> All I'm thinking about is every like little subway worker in a franchise across the country has to go get their like six foot tall cardboard cutout of Jared and be like, "Where are we going to put this now? <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to do?" Like Jared landfill somewhere. Yeah, he sad. was running a porn uh, like a before blockbuster yeah. in college. Yeah. Like people would come to his dorm and rent porn. Ah, I used to do that. Jared, too. regular really? porn, yeah. regular porn. I used fine. to make porn for uh, yeah. kids in high school because I, I had too. access to the Playboy Channel in my room. Oh, oh, I think thought- you just record yourself yeah I thought you were just like doing like (laughs) in a truck I record porn I was like wow before there was murder fist there was Eddie jerking (laughs) off into a camera (laughs) I always felt that was a way to tell people like get rid of selfie sticks just start calling on my jerk off video sticks (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, so Casey, you worried about getting your dad's uh, fucked up uh, brain? Yeah, 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 yeah. I got bad genes left and right. These people are fucked up. Uh, so my dad, I don't know. I sometimes I worry. I think I get more of the de- the depressive side, which is the shittier part. I wish I had the manic side because that's when you're. When my that's dad is manic, side. he loves li- like he he'll build a shed in the night and it looks like <laughs> shit, but he did it. You know what I mean? And he thinks and he talks about like other dimensions and like traveling through time and shit like that. It looks so exciting, but then when he's depressed, he's just sleeping in a chair. Uh, so I think I got more of that side. My brother is definitely like, I think he got more of it because he's definitely up and down. When he gets when he gets very manic, he gets very excited. Are you the youngest? You the There's three of you, right? Yeah, I got, I'm the youngest. Was, I got a sister, is the oldest, and then my brother. And so your mate. mom really gave this a shot with the old man. She tried her best. Yeah, uh, she, I mean, she had her own. They met. Uh, so one night, my dad was a bouncer. This is how they met, and uh, <laughs> in Vermont, good. and his boss comes up to him. He's like, Ed. Uh, there's this drunk bitch outside. She's pretending she works here, and she's collecting cover charges from everyone that comes in. <laughs> you got to go take care that's of her. That's awesome. And that was my mom. So that's uh, that's amazing. So she I mean, was she was no angel. Yeah, the she's, bar. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's a real alpha. Uh, so I mean, she had her own problems. Uh, but yeah, they gave it a go. He's a entrepreneurial spirit is not a, a problem. Oh no, certainly not. Certainly not. She's a good lady. Uh, but yeah, she, they really gave it a go. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. It could be crazy. We'll see. I'm waiting for the manic stuff to kick in. I'm excited. And then she, the uh, and then so you, she had a lot of guys afterwards, or yeah, she had a lot of boyfriends. Which in hindsight, like, she get married again. She or? never got married again. Mm-hmm. She was with a guy named Brian for a long time. Looked like Kid Rock because she loves Kid Rock. <laughs> She's got a big boner for is this Kid Rock. Recently, yeah, this is her most recent boyfriend besides the one she has now. And they were together for like nine years, and then he broke up with her because he was way younger. Uh, and I think they were going to get married, but then it didn't work out. So she never remarried. She's just a bunch of uh, weird, shitty dudes yeah. coming to the house. Did yeah. you have a guy that had a pet snake? Uh, f- no, a guy is he had an iguana guy. Iguana. So guy. he didn't have the this guy. This was Ace. Ace was the worst one. Yeah. Of all. Ace, Tell us about Ace. So Ace, I think I think Ace was a crackhead. We didn't know for sure. I met him one night. I remember coming out in the kitchen, and this weird man was sitting. Uh, at my kitchen table he's like come, sit, come here sit down and he was like was teaching me how to draw for a while and I was like who the fuck is this <laughs> I was just like kid. I don't know where my mom was she how old are you like seven or something I was like, probably like six so yeah. they were together for a while he was very volatile uh, they broke up uh, one day it was Thanksgiving and we were super late to get to my aunt's house already and we were finally leaving my mom was driving and my ace was in the front seat and all of a sudden he's like take me to my mother's house and she's like, no, Ace, we're already late. We're going to Thanksgiving. He's like, take me to my mother's house right now. And she's like, no. So he 
opens the car door and jumps out of the car into the road, just tumbles like that, and then runs off into the woods. <laughs> Never saw him again. Never saw him again. That's great. That's and for the we, best, though. My mom's just like, fuck it. And she just, we just drove to Thanksgiving. Uh, <laughs> Did she make one of you guys get up front with her? <laughs> what? Did she make no, one of you No, no, no. We just didn't talk about it. We just thought, we just didn't talk about this man just jumped out of the car and out of our Did lives. you ever bring him up again? No, no. I never brought him up to her. Uh <laughs> That is nuts. It was was pretty weird. I remember being, I was such a fat little kid. I remember being like, let's just go. I'm so hungry. I don't care. (laughs) Who else is going to jump out? Get out. Uh, We'll go faster. There's less weight in the car. I just want fucking gravy, man. Uh, So, yeah, shit a lot of that. So, is your family more supportive of the bipolar issues now that that the the siblings may have? Yeah, definitely. uh, I think he's the only one that uh, is diagnosed. But some of his his brothers definitely got some rage issues. Um, but yeah, no, he's great now. He takes his medicine, and he's like he's much older now, so he's just very. It's if you met him, he's the most docile, like sweet man. But when he was younger, he used to like beat up cops all the time, and like one night he he used to be a go- he was nuts that when he was younger. Happen. You lose the edge. He was on a date. It was maybe the second date with my mom, and some guy just goes, he goes, "Excuse me, Blondie," because. Uh, she was sitting on his coat, and my dad beat the shit out of the guy. On their second date? On their second date, and I was telling my mom, I was like, what, did you think that was, like, cool? She's like, no, I was scared. I was like, well, you fucking married him, so obviously it's kind of cool They <laughs> beat this guy up. Yes, but I like being scared. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he'd do shit like that. One time, he thought a guy, a guy, like, pushed my mom at a bar when he wasn't there, so he went to the guy's house and beat the shit of him with a baseball bat. <gasps> Damn. Turns out it was the wrong house. No! <laughs> so, he was a wild boy. How uh, much trouble did he get him for that one? I think that one he got arrested. He's been to jail a couple times. Yeah. But Damn. he's better. He, if you met him now, he'd be so surprised. You ever get in a, a fight? Old man. No, I didn't get any of this. I'm so upset. <laughs> Is your sister, because like women with daddy issues, does she like to sleep around? Uh, she like bad boys? No, she's been in long-term relationships. I think she's getting... She wants, like, a family now. She wants to settle down. She's dating and stuff, but she's not... Yeah. I don't think she has... Big, she's fine with it. I think they have a good relationship and stuff. Good for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's doing great. Joel, do you see yourself getting... Uh, having a better relationship with your older brother? Any time? No. I mean, literally, the only thing we have in common is dicks. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Um, that's going to be fun to talk about. That's, gotta, that's a bridge to somewhere. Yeah, right. You like, you like, like big balls, too? <laughs> is that a booster family thing? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean. I hate taxes. Love dick. My, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I love my brother. We were very close when we were younger. Uh, but it's just like we're very different people. I haven't spoken to him. And I'm probably a little over a year at this point, and it's not—it's nothing like it's—it's it's totally normal for us, I think. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, it's just the way it is. Damn, it's weird watching uh, because my old man—he's the stepdad now. Oh yeah. And uh, it's weird watching him just being so much nicer to this other kid than mm, he was to me. That's tough, and it's yeah. just like, man, it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like he coaches his baseball team too, but uh, he's like real. I'm like, so you yelling a bunch of shit? And he's like, no, not at all. It's uh, I'm very peaceful now. And just like, wow. what the fuck? You know, it's like, <laughs> a man who like literally tried to bean me with a baseball because I wasn't hitting the ball enough. So Jeez, he like banged the ball at me. You know, Eddie, you're what we like to call a test case. Was <laughs> <laughs> he? Drinker, or do you give no, it up? Or no, no, he wasn't a drinker at all. He's just angry, yeah. I think. You know, maybe he should have been drinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he's only has one kidney, so he couldn't be a drinker. Oh. He, ah. That's why he wasn't one. I think he, I think he used to do drugs, but uh, there's no proof on that. That's the ticket to stop drinking. Mm. Take a kidney out. Or yeah, oh yeah, you you out. Just can't do it. Yeah, that's it. It's over. 
Yeah, yeah, I think he smoked a lot of weed, and I think he did blow, but I don't. There's no way to tell for sure. Really? You can't test blow. Just kidding. You can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, my dad was an angry dude. I remember him like in fits of rage. He was a great guy. I'll preface this with that, but he would call me a little bitch. <laughs> He's like, "You little bitch," <laughs> uh, and I was just like, "Were you acting like one?" I was. But I was, was he like, ever like, "You little bitch"? You little bitch. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. I was. I was probably acting like a bitch. Um, but you know, I was like ten years old. It's oh. just like weird to call a little ten year old like yeah. a bitch. Yeah, that <laughs> is strange. I think you need to be somewhat older. You know, Amber, <laughs> I know you prefaced it, but I'm gonna ignore the preface. <laughs> Not a lot of stuff to go on. I think I'm just gonna mm. take that away. Yeah, we only thing we know about your dad at this point is that he called you, you a bitch. little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Like, literally nice. the only thing we know. He great, called me a bitch. Great guy. Great, <laughs> great guy. guy. He was a great Beat guy. Me. He was born on a chicken farm in Mississippi yeah. and then traveled the world. Wow. Yeah. How exciting. Walt yeah. Disney. I, I could piss off. I could get my mom to get real angry. Oh. My mom. I mean, I think I'm most I'm more a lot like my mom in a lot of ways. But I was a shit. I was just a shitty kid all the way up through the time I moved out. Like mm. there was a lot of other sh- the gay stuff was just like the the straw that broke the camel's back. You just like, like breaking vases for no reason. I, I was I was in. I think you know the fault goes both ways. But I remember w- one point they they took away the door to my bedroom at like. 15 or 16 because I was slamming it too much so I moved all of my stuff into my closet which was not a walk-in closet and lived in my closet then they took the door away from the closet so then I propped my bed up on like a, sh- a shit ton of stuff so I could like almost stand up underneath not almost stand up but like um, be on my knees and like draped it like a tent and lived under there until finally they were like you're insane <laughs> just were like here have wow. a fucking door back how did you masturbate? underneath that tent yeah. Oh my god! I remember one they time have taken your door from you. Yeah. First of all, that's well, fucked up. It, yeah. I mean, I was I was saying who knows? They're they're, they're, they're crazy. But like, I remember one time it got so bad when I was like thirteen. My dad literally tried to exercise me, um, just like out of like last last straw, sort of like at, at like his what? wits like, end, like shaking his hand and putting it on your head and yeah, shit. Yeah, he was like devil. Uh, Jesus rebuked thee and like was like had the Bible. It was wow. Did you start laughing or were you yeah, kind of no? Ups- I absolutely oh, started yeah. to laugh. But that was again. I think I was really upset internally, but right. I was laughing like a little shit just yeah. to like piss him off, which probably just added more credence to the fact that I was a demon. <laughs> like in <laughs> like, my dad's mind, was like, <laughs> like I think that's exactly how it went in the pulp in uh, uh, what is that? The Exorcist. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Like, the power of penis starts, compels me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. My mom used to hit me a bunch, and then whenever and it didn't really hurt. So I just kind of let her do it. Whenever she'd do it, I'd just start laughing and just like ask her if she was done. I used to really piss her off. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. That'll get him. That'll get him. My mom used to hit me, and it hurt. Yeah, it, it hurt a little bit, especially when she, you know, catch you in the face. Oh, yeah. You know, but I, I was so that. much taller than her. Mom ever threw a show at you? No? No, no, no. She pulled a knife show. on me once. Oh, yeah. She hit me oh, in the Lord. face with a telephone. She wow. hit that one hurt. That I'm sure that one hurt. She hit me uh hit me in the head with a bunch of wood. Was <laughs> like an a 80s comedy wood? like brawl <laughs> at your house? It's like home alone. <laughs> there was a bag with a bunch of wood and my room was dirty. She hit me in the head with it. Oh Jesus. Wow. She- yeah, yeah. And I asked her why later on on round table we were talking about it and I asked her why she did it. She's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Do it again, we yeah. got the chance. <laughs> We have a great relationship now, though. Well, that's good. Yeah. I think it was mostly she was just taking out the fact of, like, how bad my father was torturing her, mm. like, on me. Yeah. You know, and I was an only child. 
Yeah, I was just bad at studying during the summertime when she wanted me to learn math. I wouldn't do it in the summer. I'm not going to. They used to oh, make yeah. these to hand in the booklets. And I knew yeah, my it mom. Yeah, sounds like your oh, mom fuck. should have been fucking lucky for what she had after this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Her biggest issue was you wouldn't study math in the summertime. <laughs> <laughs> I was a very rebellious young man. <laughs> I would run around the house. She'd chase me with a shoe, and then I'd duck when she would throw it, and I'd run away. Ha ha, mom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exciting. My 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 physical my hittings were very regimented. It would be like when your father comes home, and then you'd wait, and then he'd come in with his belt, and then it was yeah. very classic in that way. Yeah, you know? he's like, all right, very this retro. is the time yeah. that I beat you, and uh, and then my, we're done. Yeah, with with my father, that's how it was too. He's like, all right, my uh, your mother says I gotta hit you, you know. So uh, come here. <laughs> you know, literally yeah. would be like that. He's like, ah, all right, you learn your lesson. Yeah, dad. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> I never, I never got hit. I feel like a fucking loser. Parents <laughs> nowadays, though, they're just like, all right, use your words, Billy. Use yeah, your words. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Billy's sister's like, ah! <laughs> There was difference. It wasn't like a beating. Like yeah, I yeah. wasn't like you know he wasn't no. like torturing me or anything. It was like I fucked up, yeah. and he, you know he, he slapped me around. It wasn't like I had black eyes or anything like that. He was just like I. Yeah. I still look back at every time I was hit and just be like yeah, I probably deserved it. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Uh, I also don't think I don't think it ever did anything to deter anything I did though. Oh like, no, because I was like, okay, oh, just, like this is gonna suck, but I also know he's not gonna like. I never had fear, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, well, you know. This will happen. Because they're never going to hit you too hard. Yeah. No, they exactly. Can't. Exactly. Yeah, you yeah, knew yeah. that. You know, yeah, like so I had parents. It's really, it's be like, oh, it was so bad. You know yeah. what it really wasn't. I mean, I guess <laughs> if I ever have kids, I'll just make the first one like egregious. And then yeah. don't, you know. So that first one should be like a roundhouse kick to the chin yeah. mm-hmm. and be like, you want me? You want it to get? No, no. <laughs> you want me to roundhouse you again? <laughs> Casey, did your mom just use psychological warfare on you? Yeah, I guess so. I was actually like a pretty good kid. I don't know why. My brother and sister were very rebellious. They started drinking and doing drugs when they were young. And I, for some reason, always had like a, a huge amount of guilt. I don't know. I didn't come from anywhere. Uh, like we didn't, I didn't never went to church or anything like that. I was just always so worried about getting in trouble. Were you youngest? Yeah, I was the youngest. And yeah. I, I had like carte blanche to do whatever I want, I think, because she was so tired from the other two fucking off so much that I could have done whatever I want and I was just like a sweet little boy that sat in my room and watched wrestling Aww. and uh, <laughs> yeah no she was just like her really psychological that's all she had to do was like scream and she'd do this thing when she screams her eyes would shake back and forth Whoa. Oh, terrifying yeah. I still have nightmares about it um, oh yeah my mom would she would start spitting a bunch really like, yeah. please <laughs> please fucking act bad you know? yeah yeah yeah, that's, uh, yeah, yeah. so it's fine so I think we all uh, the show is the brighter side and we're coming to the end oh, here yes and I, I think that we all just had like a little spell of uh, saying uh, rotten things that happened in our childhood, so I think we should all go around and say something nice, you know, because that is the whole point of the show. It is the brighter side of our weird ass families. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I and I will say what uh, it taught me. Uh, it definitely taught me. I got real into TV. I got real into movies, rather, you know, and I think it really taught me like what I wanted to do with the rest of my life and be in entertainment was the fact that I was. <laughs> Hiding in my room, fucking watching movies all the time, just like not wanting to come out really and just like being by myself. And it really like taught me a lot about life. And now I'm a very social person, even though I was an, uh, an only child. And I, I love it. I think I, I think I was actually like looking back, like I had some rough things and my dad kind of sucks, but I still wouldn't change the, like how I was raised because I think, uh, I, you know, I like the person I am. 
Yeah. You know, shit like that. I like the person you are, too. Thank you, sir. You're a great guy. You're a good person. Try. Sweet you know, boy. Give it your best shot, you know. Um, uh, yeah, my family, uh, they were very restless. They were all m- always moving around different places. And for a long time, I was angry about that for a very long time. I still don't know if I really know who I am, but I really think that it, it helped me see the world. It helped me meet a lot of different people that I would never have met. And I think if they didn't do that, I would have just been probably nothing wrong with living in Mississippi and having children, but I, I wouldn't be here and meeting you guys. So yeah, I think they fit nice. that. Yeah, uh, I, you know, I I've had like identity issues as well, just growing up in like you know an Iranian American and, and all that weird stuff. But at the same time, what I realized for my family is not all the stuff they tried to teach me, but it was just watching them hustle all the time, try to acclimate to like a completely new country, try to acclimate to this culture, try to like provide for my brother and I constantly. And none of the lessons they ever taught me really ever stuck. But just watching how they worked, how they interacted with people, how they always got up after like constant Americans would say just the worst fucking things to them and they would always like just like end up on top and end up just hustling afterwards and I, I'm so happy about that because now I have a lifetime of hustling that I have to do. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean as controlling as my parents are they sort of set me up to be able to move out at 17 in a way yeah. because they, I mean I, I should preface this too by saying I always knew I was loved even when I wasn't living with them I always knew I was loved I still know that I'm loved to this day they were always very clear about that but uh I was. They always. Inst- they did instill in me like a huge amount of work ethic and respons- personal responsibility. I put myself through college. I worked three jobs, and loans. You know, but three jobs and loans. And I was. You know, doing a lot of other extracurriculars and stuff like that all throughout. And prepare. I mean, I. F- you know, it prepared me for living in New York. Certainly, and the yeah. hustle of what this requires. I think too. And that stems all the way back to getting a job at fourteen and maintaining one for. You know, pretty much. I've had a job since I was fourteen. Where are you from again? Uh, right outside Chicago. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Nice. I uh, I think there's a couple things. Well, my mom would like. I I guess I didn't like it a lot that she was dating these guys when I was younger because I didn't like them. But I see now that like being a single mother is hard with like three little kids. So she needed somebody there, and she was kind of doing it for us in a certain way. So there's two incomes in the house at least. And uh, like you, I moved around a lot because we were real poor, and I think like there'd be like conflicts with the landlords a lot. So we'd move constantly. And it taught me to, like, I, by the end, I got all my belongings in, like, one box. You know what I mean? So I can throw anything out. now, And that's great for, like, a life of a comedian because I move, like, once a year. And I could live in a car and I'd be fine with that. I don't, like, need anything. So I think it's just taught me to live very sparsely. And, uh, yeah. It's great. Hell yeah. <laughs> I love that lifestyle as well, man. I can fucking suitcase and oh, I'm done, Oh, it's great. Man. I love it. Yeah, I love not, like, having any emotional attachment to your belongings. It's like, yeah. fucking, I yeah. recently got rid of all my shit, and yeah. it feels so good. It feels yeah. great. Yeah. It's like, I just got, like, anything I kind of cared about, I stashed in my mom's attic, and then the rest of it, it's just, like, shirts and shit. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Three bucks, two bags, one me. NYC. <laughs> 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 Sam, you got any final words on your family? Um... I'm just, I mean, I've, I had a relatively normal childhood, um, tons of family issues, of course, but um, my parents were just always 100% supportive of all four of their children that they had at a very young age. Um, so the fact that, like, there's always been, like, a safety net for me to fall back on, I've never had to use it, but knowing that it's there has allowed me to do a lot of things that I don't think I would have done not knowing that that was there for me. Yeah. That's great. Fuck yeah, Beautiful. everybody! Be good to your family because they need you. God damn it, and they need you to be nice to them. And even if you don't like them, I mean, ah, 
who knows? Maybe one day I'll talk to my pops again, but you know, maybe Joel will talk <laughs> to his uh his brother again. But you know, if you don't, you know, at least uh you know show them some love when they need it most, because they are family and they are there for you. Uh, this is the brighter side. Sorry, it's kind of mellow and no. I think it's good. End. Family goes right to the heart of of it everything. It really does. It gets emotional. Yeah, yeah, it does. I think it's okay. You All know. right, good, good, good. Uh, Casey, uh, how do we find you on Twitter? What do we? Uh, you got any shows coming up? Uh, well, I'm at uh, Casey J Salengo on Twitter. Casey J Salengo on Instagram. Uh, just got some shows here and there. I can't think of anything. You host got- anything? No, I have my own podcast. It's called oh, The it? Heavenly Podcast. It's, <laughs> uh, it's a comedy wrestling podcast. We're actually hosting a wrestling event. We're doing a live commentary for it August, uh, I think it's August 15th in Pennsylvania. Nice. Oh, it's so, awesome. Yeah. Oh, it's so much fun. Uh, so we're doing that. And yeah, check us out. It's a lot of fun. Oh, I love wrestling. Let's you talk wrestling. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's okay. talk. And Joel, what you got? Uh, when does this come out? Uh, coming on Thursday. Thursday? Oh, great. Well, uh, yeah. So you find me at I Hate Joel Kim on Twitter. And then this month, I am doing a, a residency at uh, the Tuesday Night Show at Cake Shop. Oh, cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. So every Tuesday for the rest of So I guess two more Tuesdays when this by the time this comes out, 830 at Cake Shop in the Lower East Side. Nice. I yeah, love that great. venue. It's a yeah, cool ass yeah, All right, guys. Yeah. Uh, oh, and- uh, formal request to the fans. Some fan art. Uh, we're in a studio here at the Creek of the Cave that's got a lot of fan art from the other shows and stuff. And frankly, we feel a little left out, <laughs> uh, surrounded by all of our friends that have their own fan art. So, you know, if... I, if, know, I feel weird asking I know, I feel weird to ask. But, wanna... Eddie, they they all asked. We got to ask. Did they ask? They had I to. don't think they asked. Well, I think people I'm just asking. like them more. Let me do... I'll take it on. I'll take it on my shoulders. <laughs> if you feel awkward about it, you know, feel inspired... Put Amber, Eddie, and Sam and I uh, on some sort of like canvas or digital paper. <laughs> needlepoint. 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 Crochet. I'll only accept needlepoint. <laughs> <laughs> I want my fucking face sewn onto a sweater. Crochet us something. Is that different uh, than, than uh, anything? But we, you know, we just love you guys. So, so thank you. Absolutely. And uh, I'm at Eddie Tunes underscore at yeah. SJ Good at Amber Smelson. And we'll see you guys next week. The song taking us out this week is A Family Affair It's a by Sly and the Family Stone. Get down with Sly. You need it in your heart. This comes off of the uh, Riot Going On album, the best album by Sly and the Family Stone. Go listen to that as soon as possible. Peace out, y'all. Love yourselves. Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Brighter Side. Um, Today we are talking about some... Something very uncomfortable. Um, it is suicide, but not only suicide, but uh, when a friend, family member, or loved one takes their own life, someone that you know. Someone, uh, a, a good friend of the show, a good friend of all the shows in the Cave Comedy uh, Radio Network, uh, Cooper Borg, took his own life uh, a week or two ago, and he was a young man, and uh, we all loved him. He's a very sweet dude. He was very active on the message boards. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's kind of fucking with all of us. Yeah. You know, and so we all wanted to just talk about it a little bit and kind of air out some steam and uh, figured we didn't want to do a whole episode on it because it's such a goddamn bummer uh, that uh, we're just going to do it at the end of this show. And uh, Lupe's here, to, who uh, probably knew Cooper better than anyone else uh, around. Howdy. And, uh, and you know, I, I just don't even know how I feel about the whole situation. I mean, obviously, I'm, you know, pissed off or... Uh, or just sad. I don't even think I'm pissed off. I'm just sad because we all knew, you know, it was someone yeah. with problems. It wasn't. This isn't a surprise. 
It's and I've, just, uh, I've been from talking to everybody. I think everybody has a mix of emotions. Like either they're angry or sad, or they just don't know how to fucking deal with it. Yeah, and uh, we talked about suicide once before on the show, and we brought in a counselor and a comedian who tried to take his life a couple times. And I don't know; it just never really makes sense to me. But at the other side of it, you know, I didn't know how the man felt, and so I don't know. You know, obviously, I don't condone the action, but. It's just, you know, I, I, I'm so perplexed by it, and I don't know how else to come to solace without talking about it. So Yeah, I think it's it's tough to come to a, from a place of non-judgment, right? It's tough yeah. to, like, just do it and just feel the emotions of it. And I think it's one of those things where everyone, our listeners and us, we just need to be okay with how we're feeling. And then we can sit in those feelings and kind of just reflect on, on those, right? I think I definitely share the feeling of, of frustration that it happened that... A friend of our community, a member of our community, you know, wanted to call it quits, you know, yeah. but I also feel extraordinarily sad that a member of our community is no longer, you know, with us. That's not going to be posting funny things on our Facebook page and stuff. Yeah. Um, and those those are things that I think I we just want to address for us and for all the whole community so that we can all kind of not necessarily move forward, but always remember this as an example of like, hey, you can you can you have ownership of your own life you do with it what you want but there is a beautiful world out there there's a community of people that you can share your life with and that you could share experiences with that we think that we would assert is worth living for um blue pay i don't know how you feel about this stuff i'd love to hear just like your um you know experience with you knew, this you knew you knew better than any of yeah. us yeah i've talked to him on the phone i've texted him you know we had a and you know there's a few I would say maybe a total of five of us, they're all in the same as position as I was and talking to him on the phone, texting him, blah, 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 blah. You know, there's a few people, Cooper would text every morning, you know, have a good morning. You know, uh, one thing about Cooper is, you know, he knew what the struggle felt like. So he would help others who were also in the struggle of this fucking life. And, you know, he fucking had a huge heart. But, you know, some of the people with the biggest hearts are also hurting. So... What do you think what do you think happened? What do you think shifted? I think the idea was always there. I think he just just finally did it. Um, you know, cuz I've I've heard him talk about it on several occasions. Um, but he hung in there. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. And I don't know like there was maybe the first 4 or 5 days it was a little rough for me, but I don't know if I've actually processed it all. And I feel like I'm doing better than I should be, if that makes any sense. Well, there's different stages of grief. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, The weird part for me is I didn't really know him at all. We yeah. talked online a couple times, and I've never known anyone personally to commit suicide. So this is the closest it's ever come for me, and it's just, you know... And you try, we've all, we all got together. The community got together. You know, we helped them. You know, we we all sent the money and, and whatever, and... uh and still this went down, and so I know there's a lot of people like wondering if there was more they could have done, but I just don't think there was. I agree. Yeah. I don't think it's – from the sounds of it also, I, I, there was just such a community of love and support around him that it just – there, there but was there nothing But there wasn't more. online. It was online. It wasn't in his yeah. personal life. Yeah. You know, and so like he would see it when he turned on a computer, but he didn't see it like – when he opened his eyes and talked to people. So it was very difficult for him. That's a good point, Eddie. And, you know, and it's, uh, you know, he was what, 22 years old? I think he was 25. 25 years old. 
young man trying to go through college, you know, and so I know life was fucking difficult for him, and he was, you know, he was homeless for a while and all that, you know, horrible shit, but, man, it just fucking, it's so aggravating that, you know, we all, you know, we all did try, and we knew this guy was sad, but I guess I never took it seriously enough to know how sad he really was or thought about it, and I don't know, and the fact that we're talking about it now... I just want to make sure, just so people know, it's just like, you know, it's not glorifying it yeah. in any way. It's not saying that what he did, I mean, I don't know if it's, because it's not, a, at first you're like, oh, he's just seeking attention, but it's like, no, he fucking did it. He left the world, so he wasn't seeking attention. Yeah, people who uh, really, because I've seen people that are like, I'm going to kill myself, and they, they never... Really, they just want to seek attention. People that really commit through it, they don't. They never really mention it. Maybe a couple times to friends and family. But. Yeah, and I think you know Cooper. Out of all the people that you're talking about, Amber, mm-hmm. um, I think he you know, he didn't post too often about his feelings. Once in a while, he did. He was very positive posting. He was, yeah. but we also he also he created a, a group. I'm not going to get into much about the group, but it was basically to get people together who. The people that I was talking about earlier, that he's all, you know, looking after, whatever. Um, you know, he would post in there sometimes about it, but he was never, you know, too much about it, except in, like, personal messages. What that's What has that group been like? I'm not a part of it. Have they been since the tragedy? Um, I haven't seen, I guess in a few days, there hasn't really been too much. Um, the few groups, very limited. There might be only, like, ten people in that group, mm-hmm. and that's fucking perfect. So what is some advice you have? You've gone through a lot of depression yourself, Lupe, and uh, we've talked yeah. about it on the show before. Uh, you know, what is some kind of just if people are thinking about doing this shit, there's other people around listening to the show, you know. One it- thing that I've noticed um, out of the few, the couple people that I'm talking to that are pretty, I feel like are pretty close on that feeling of yeah. suicide is one thing that's helped me, and I realize it's probably with the most difficult thing a person could do in their entire life is to drop everything and just get your fucking self situated. Um, you know, but then you got to deal with all your stuff that you have that you don't want to fucking lose. You got to deal with your kid that you have that you don't want to fucking lose. So what you're saying is you, you take, a, if you feel yourself on that <clears throat> kind of like edge, you got to take a, you got to take a full stop. Yes. Work may suffer, family may suffer, but exactly. you got to take care of yourself first exactly. mentally so that you can you can be better for everyone else. And then everything else will come after that. You know, I could I probably two or three times in my life I've dropped everything. I mean, but I finally got it to where I'm where I'm at today. You know, I don't have everything I need, but I'm fucking happy. I'm surrounded by awesome people. Yeah. You know. So, it takes time and it's fucking difficult, but that's probably the only way to really just stop everything and get yourself situated. Yeah, and if you're not like a, you know, if you're not like a master plumber or something like that, you got your brain in your mouth, and that's how you interact with the world. Yeah. And if those two things don't work well together, if you're not communicating your emotions or thinking about the world in the right way, you got to be able to realize, hey, I got to go get some help real quick, because if that goes, everything else is going to go. And there's people out there that will help you. Yeah. I know you feel like it is all alone, that no one will, but there are numbers you can call. There are people, there's groups you can meet up with. Yeah, uh, good opportunity to uh, give you guys the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline number. 
Uh, it's 1-800-273-8255. Uh, again, that's 1-800-273-8255. And sorry, uh, just one other thing. It's I, I always thought, you know, I've talked this with my parents. Even it's like when they become an invalid or something like that, they're like, just fucking let me kill myself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, you know, when you get to a certain age, when you want to like just self deport yourself from the fucking planet, be all, all means, go for it. You know what I mean? You've lived your life. You do what you have to do. You can do this. But when you're a young person, the world seems like this huge mountain that you can't possibly fucking climb. You never know what you're going to be able to pull off, especially when yeah. you have such a fucking pleasant, you know, as much as, you know, he was sad as fuck. He has such a pleasant disposition, Coop. And, you know, if he would have just worked a little harder, he would have had a great life. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I, I I don't ever want to talk about this again. Uh, Can I so read everyone, something real quick? Yeah, yeah go the, ahead, buddy. Some of you probably have already seen this, but I'm going to read it again anyway. It's something that... Somebody screenshot a conversation he had with Cooper, and he posted it when all this stuff was happening. But it basically says, uh, these CCR pages have been a sanctuary in a world that constantly makes me depressed. Oh. He said that? He direct quote from him. Wow. In a personal conversation, not in any groups or anything. Just that. So... Um, you know what? If it world constantly makes, makes you depressed, the CCR pages make you happy. Like, message me. I'll talk message to you. Message any of us. Message any of us, please. Yeah. Like, please, I'll talk to you. We'll talk to you. Comedians are insecure people. We love yeah. attention. Feel free to reach out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I can tell you. Every time I get a new Twitter follower, I jump for joy. <laughs> yeah. Well, Cooper Borg, um, we we miss you. Yeah. Um, and I, I hope it's uh, better for you now when no one knows. But yeah. Yeah, man. All right. Yeah, I don't want to. Like I said before, I don't want to talk about this ever again. No. Yeah. 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 We're just so, gonna do a quick thing. So why don't you all be fucking cool and you know just talk to each other and uh, support each other and you know that we're all there for each other. And, and if you're slipping, take a take a moment and pause and figure your life out. Slam the brakes. For Christ's sakes, don't do heroin either. the more you know (laughs) alright guys peace out be happier I love you I love you guys too love you too for more shows like the one you just listened to go to cavecomedyradio.com the South Dakota stories volume 7 my trip to South Dakota was the best summer ever now I don't need to go to Mars because I've been to the Badlands. And I caught a bigger walleye than Dad when we went to the Missouri River. Then I rode my bike through these huge rocks called needles. Ooh, I also saw my first herd of bison, even a fuzzy furry baby one. I can't wait to go back and see more. There's so much South Dakota, so little time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.